0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm Eric Fisher, and this is the podcast where I talk to the people behind the productivity, not just about being more effective and efficient, but about doing work with meaning and purpose. This week, I get to talk to two more of my, yeah, I'm going to go there. I'll say heroes. It's Trip Crosby and Tyler Stanton, better known as Trip and Tyler. You are most likely familiar with their work, and if not, you're going to be because it's awesome and you need to see it. They've done most recently the email in real life video as well as the conference call in real life. In fact, if you go to the show notes for this episode, you will find links to and probably embedded videos of some of my favorites because that's all that matters, right? So check those out. We'll talk to them in just a moment. But first, I want to let you know and say thank you to Doodle for sponsoring this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Doodle is my savior when it comes to scheduling online meetings with one person and myself or many people and myself, because I hate to go back and forth over and over and over again through emails or through text messaging or Facebook messages or Twitter DMs to schedule a meeting. It does not have to be this hard. Doodle makes it easy. It's an online scheduling tool. I've been using it for years. I'm one of 24 million people that are using it to save time and schedule, not just meetings, but events too. To schedule a meeting, you just select some possible dates and times, you invite the people you want to participate, and then they can mark what works best for them. And it does the work for you. I don't think that I've ever not had it come back where, here's the time that works for everyone, done, (laughs) you know? So, I love it. The basic scheduling service is free. They also have free personal scheduling profiles called Meet Me, and they have premium doodle which has advanced features such as calendar integration, automatic reminders, and more. And that's $39 a year. Well worth it. Anyway, to get started for free and try out Doodle, go to beyondthetodolist.com slash Doodle. Get started. Take that headache of scheduling your meetings away. Trust me, I don't have meeting scheduling headaches anymore, thanks to Doodle. Anyway, beyondthetodolist.com slash Doodle. Now let's get into the conversation. All right. This week, I have the privilege of talking with Trip and Tyler. That's Trip Crosby and Tyler Stanton of Trip and Tyler. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Hey. So let's go ahead and help the listeners identify which one of you is which. So, uh, Trip, go first.
1: I'm the non monotone one.
2: <laughs> Trip will be the one that's gonna do all the speaking today. So. <laughs> He'll be the one cutting me off during a mid answer.
0: Nice. Yes. Yeah. So, so most likely if people aren't familiar with your work, they probably are anyway, and they just don't know it. Uh, you guys have had a couple of really cool hit, uh, videos with the, let's see here. Some of them have been, uh, the conference call in real life probably your biggest, I would think. Uh, yeah. That
1: was our biggest uh, one. Can I finish Tyler? <laughs> <laughs>
2: what? We're not in the same room, so this is going to be really right. interesting.
0: This is actually a social experiment, and there are hidden cameras on both of you right now.
1: Okay. Oh, great! I'm picking my nose.
0: <laughs> Tyler asked if there would be video, and I lied. So, uh, so that one was your biggest. The the I, it's I mean, our second biggest. Okay, though, what's the, the biggest one?
2: Biggest. Um, I'm not sure if we can say the title on. Oh the podcast. yeah. The, the well, stuff people never say.
1: It's actually yeah. debatable. Because while one has more views, it's still possible that more people have seen Congress. Very true. Very
2: true. Because we, we license that video to a lot of business events and meetings and things like that. So there's a good chance that another huge mass
1: of people have seen that outside. And it's more likely to have been watched in groups and it's more likely to have been passed around. In ways that don't necessarily affect our view count,
0: right? The same IP address at a business,
1: yeah. Like you care about any of that?
0: I have no idea what you're talking about, but <laughs> it, but anyway, so that's why people probably do know about you, even if they weren't aware of it, right? But I've been a fan. Let's see, since back when uh, I was working in a business doing data entry and admissions for <laughs> adult graduate students, and watching through iTunes the "Don't Be That Guy." video podcast no way yeah that is so i wasn't even aware that there was a trip in tyler until a couple (laughs) years later
1: (laughs) so i want to be
0: yeah so and and by the way you guys don't seem to be on wikipedia so i don't know if you exist
1: i figured that out recently like why aren't we on how do you get on wikipedia i don't know who you gotta you gotta know somebody
2: Uh
0: who fakes uh a a it's like a, an online encyclopedia resume of some sort. So
2: Okay. It always amazes me how like who are the people that are, I, Eric, have you ever filled out Wikipedia information?
0: I have, yes.
2: You have. Okay, but well, only well,
0: because I was trying to correct something that was wrong and then it it promptly got fixed. Wow. Can you tell us what it was? Uh it was some non-factual information at an old about a company I used to work for. So
2: Okay. I that makes sense. But there's just random people will update stuff almost instantaneously when it happens. And I, I just don't know who that person is. I've never, I've well, never known someone to do that.
0: So, so here's the, here's the added bonus here. There's probably enough listeners out there or, or one who's nerdy enough. I mean, uh, educated enough to <laughs> know how to start your Wikipedia entry. So
1: that was uh, pretty politically incorrect. Incorrect. You know. should have just said unathletic enough.
2: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Because it's, By all means, if anybody wants to do that, go for it. Yeah, so... Eric will just fix the inaccuracies.
0: Yes, I'll go in and and change it to... So anyway, Don't Be That Guy Films was where I knew you guys from. And that was like back in
2: (laughs) like 06. Yeah, we started that before YouTube was a thing. Yeah. That was kind of where we housed videos that we made.
0: That's true. YouTube wasn't around that back then, and I didn't even realize. How
2: did you... So here's the
0: thing. Like I've often said... I mean, I studied... uh, Communication and, and, uh, video and, and, you know, editing and all that kind of stuff back in college. And I kept saying to people these days, uh, I do podcasting now because it's easier than video because you can just talk. Mm. Video is a lot more involved, but if I'd known YouTube was going to be a thing at some point, you would have planned, you know, planned for it. Uh huh. So it seems, sounds like you guys were trying to do that even before YouTube was around. You were doing the easy free distribution of, uh, iTunes. Yeah. So let's start off at the uh, the superhero origin story, I guess, of you guys. <laughs> like, how nerdy a kid were you guys before you were bitten by the comedy spider? Like, where <laughs> – and with great power comes viral video responsibility. Um,
1: <laughs> that's a great analogy. Uh, I was probably way nerdier than Tyler. I'll just go ahead and admit that. Yeah, that's,
2: that's probably true. I probably played a little bit more sports than Trip did.
1: Yeah. I was really into movies, making movies. Like, I was the first person I knew with movie editing software on their computer. And I was really into probably nerdy. I was never like a comic book guy. I didn't, I didn't ever go that far. But I, I definitely. Um, correct. Sorry, correct I, correct I answer. Got a, I just got a text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Correct. <That's> great. <laughs>
0: That's funny. So for the bonus round, so so <laughs> when was that? How young were you when you you had fo- uh sorry, video editing software?
1: Well, I started editing in high school. Uh I took a broadcast communication class and I wasn't satisfied with the tools available in 1996 <laughs> that were offered. It was like these big machines where you scroll around the wheel and I I found that this piece of software for like six hundred dollars at what was the store you bought stuff like that oh comp usa and uh i i bought it and just spent countless hours into the thick of the night for weeks on end just playing around with digitizing video and editing it was like the greatest discovery i'd ever made in my life did you pay for it or did your parents pony up the money that's a good question i did Hmm. have a job at the time if I paid for it, I probably spent all of my money on it. Because, <laughs> yeah, 600 bucks, man. Jeez. Know, that was a big deal. And by the
0: way, feel free to interview each other. That's totally cool <laughs> with me. We don't need you, Eric. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, <laughs> call her.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, that's uh, – I forget what the question even was. I somehow got on the t- <laughs> talking about can Are you turning your messages there? off? How? Just quit <laughs> iMessage. Still, they still come up. Do they? Yeah, I think so. Sorry, guys. No, Uh,
0: that's that's, totally cool. Um, That's that's popular. I think it's hilarious that this is happening. No, system preferences. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the tech support podcast. So Uh, system preferences. System preferences, notifications. Oh. And then probably, let's see here, messages. Oh, yeah. And if you deselect, play sound for notifications. Oh, that's great.
2: Done. Please keep this entire segment in the in Oh, the I,
0: I'm not editing. Okay, good. This is good. not going anywhere. I mean, this interview is going great, but the, the – okay, go ahead. So $600 in high school. Yeah, you probably would have either had to have persuaded them that it was a, an educational expense or something. But
1: Yeah, I feel bad right now, by the way, because I made up $600. <laughs> I don't really remember how much it actually was. I just threw that out there because I remember it was expensive. Yeah, cuz
0: the you know, the iMac was not out yet. So there's no way that there was any cheap inexpensive kind of
1: No, I had this enormous PC in my house where yeah. the monitor was you know, bigger than a microwave. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. With the green screen kind of like the the Hatch and Lost. Uh Oh, you couldn't edit yeah. video on that. But the, anyway, if you had a monitor hooked up to it. Yeah, basically. So you're we'll get over to you in a minute, Tyler. Okay, I'm Tripp. gonna get some lunch. Go for, for go it. Trip's name comes first, so he's got priority. He's taller too. I'll just mention that. So, t- Trip. Yes. So, college. You're, yeah. you're already interested in. Uh, I mean, you're you're interested in video at this point. What you know? What about comedy? Did, was that something? What'd you study in high school? What'd you study in college? And what did you think you were going to be when you grew up?
1: Uh, I knew when I was 11 years old, I wanted to be a movie director. That was my thing. Like I, I was fascinated with entertaining people through movies. I didn't, I mean, movies at the time symbolized probably anything in visual form. Like it could have meant, I didn't know what a video sketch was. I just knew what movies were. And that's what I always wanted to do. And I wasn't very knowledgeable, though. I went to college. I could have gotten a degree in film, but instead I got a degree in media communication. So I ended up studying communication theory a lot more and television production, radio production, graphic design. And I'm glad those things have helped me more as a filmmaker than I think getting an internship in Hollywood for one semester really would have.
0: Yeah, you might have actually accidentally got burnt out on it and went a different direction. Well, known people who've done that, so.
1: So the comedy thing was in my blood, too. I In my youth group, I was the guy that would be on stage any chance given to read announcements in a funny way or be in a skit. And then Tyler and I both worked at a summer camp in college, which was a great excuse for us to do skits for younger people. And even in my college, like they would have these big events. And my roommate and I would always be the comedic hosts of the events And, um, that was always my thing. I, you know, I don't know of anyone that grows up thinking that they should study to be a comedian and go to college to learn that you don't really, it's almost like something you have to learn on the side. Um, and then when you study film or any other art form, you end up just kind of inserting who you are into that art form. So Mm -hmm. for me, I think once I was given the opportunity to make use the tools I learned how to use to make something. I naturally made funny things. Um, that's just kind of how it works. Uh, it wouldn't have made sense if I had started creating inspirational videos about the new Testament because <laughs> I didn't care about that.
2: Well, I also added that, like, I, I don't know if, if we knew that a career in comedy was even a, an option. Like, I think for me, at least, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed doing the skits and making people laugh. But to being from a small suburb of Atlanta, you know, you don't really know that that's an option to to do that with your career.
0: Right. So what about you, Tyler? How, how did you what, what did you study and when eventually did you think? that this was actually a possibility. When did you guys meet, by the way, also? Um
2: Well, we went to high school together. Um, he, Tripp is two years older than me, and we knew of each other. We had kind of a similar overlap of friends. So we kind of knew of each other, but we weren't friends until after college. Um, I went to college at Sanford University and didn't really know what I wanted to do. And because of that, I just, got a business management degree because I knew that kind of would be a broad thing to study and wouldn't limit me too much. Um, And I think, you know, going back to what I was saying, I just, I I, like trip, like to find a way to make people laugh, but it just, you know, at at least at Sanford in the small bubble that I was in, it just wasn't a thing like going and doing that after college for pay wasn't a thing.
0: dot com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash to-do list terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. So at what point did you guys decide, Hey, let's start doing some of this stuff. Let's, you know what, from the point of both graduating to the point of starting to put funny videos up on iTunes, what's that path look like?
1: well, I was, I was doing my own thing as a freelance shooter and editor. And basically, I was spending my time making whatever anyone would pay me to make, which were essentially talking head videos for people to use as fundraisers. And um, I was really bored and dissatisfied with that. All the while, I was volunteering for Tyler's Young Life Club at the time. And we were finding that we had great chemistry on stage together. And we were also friends and we were part of a social group that was very into humor. So most of our time was spent talking about things that we thought were funny. And it just kind of became obvious that we should make some funny videos in our spare time. I had cameras and I could edit and, you know, we had all the time in the world at that season of our life. So we just started making funny videos. And then I think our real motivation in putting things online at the time was just so the kids at the Young Life Club and our family members could see them uh How else do you show a video in in two thousand two or whenever that was? I don't know you We put a quickTime video and then then iTunes had podcasts, so we started a podcast. We knew nothing about that stuff we just it was all experimental at the time
0: okay so at what point? Do you decide – I mean I know that you guys were you – you were doing Don't Be That Guy films. Was it just yep. the two of you or were there other – I know there's other people in those videos.
1: Well, when – we like to say when we branded ourselves as Tripp and Tyler, it just didn't make sense to have two other guys. <laughs> <laughs> they, they love that story. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: So
0: just kind of – just an evolution of sorts.
1: That's a great question.
2: Yeah. It it is a weird. It's a weird thing how it, it all unfolded because we had successes. Don't be that guy. We, um, you know, kind of on accident, we just our podcast got really popular, and um, that caused us to have some meetings out in L.A. And we went out there, and no one knew what to do with you know digital content creators. We didn't know what to do, and it kind of paralyzed us a little bit, and it really. Uh, you know, f- I can't really pinpoint the reason, but after L.A., we we literally stopped making videos for two years. Um, you may remember that if you were. I a, do. I I, like I remember suddenly seeing a funny video of just the
0: two of you in something and thinking, why do these guys look so familiar? And then stumbling upon the uh, stuff dogs can get away with that people can't. Mm-hmm. and realizing that it was a don't be that guy and i was like oh i used to watch that they're from that
1: yeah, yeah. so when when we when we, know, when we first figured out that we could grow a big audience it it paralyzed us because we didn't know how to do that we didn't know how to fund that so essentially we kind of kept going with our day jobs and um, one of the things that helped is i i got a job at a giant church that really just wanted to hire me to direct funny stuff to show at their services, which actually ended up helping Tyler and I build a new platform because that meant that while I was doing that, they were also having Tyler and I come in and be on screen personalities as these two funny guys. And I think that's really where we started realizing that our brand is Tripp and Tyler. And, um, the other guys are still two of our best friends. In fact, David, who was always the awkward guy in Don't Be That Guy films, just saying David to the camera. That was like always his only line, was just saying his name. <laughs> <laughs> Not even I am David, just David. That's what he would say to the camera. Um, he, he actually works uh, for us now, um, and he's producing a lot of our stuff and helping write, and he's on set with us all the time. We still work with him. Tim has moved to Chicago he works for the um, National History Museum. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's um,
2: not a big museum.
1: Field yeah, museum. I mean, but that that David working with us is still pretty new. That's only in the last couple of years. Uh, I think what we realized was having those guys was great. I mean, it was one of the best seasons of life. But essentially, Tyler now were the serious ones about pursuing this. Mm-hmm. Neither of the other guys thought I want to grow up and be a comedian, like. They were there to help and and they were great help, and we we love any of their input, but they weren't as serious as us. I think we were the ones willing to put it on the line um, And we were the ones who wanted the most attention so yeah just you and, i mean, you, guys, we were, you
2: the, were John and paul
1: yeah and i mean i don't i don't like i don't feel weird saying this, but I think we were the key personalities in even in our don't be that guy films i mean that's why this church North point said, Hey, do you guys want to be on screen and not, Hey, Tim and David, do you guys want to come be on screen? Like, and that wasn't, that's not awkward. That was, that was open. That was, that was an open piece of information even within the four of us that like, this is mostly me and Tyler. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, that's, you know, we, we were all in sync and Tyler and I were just in Timberlake. So <laughs> that's what happened. Awesome
0: okay so so let's get into the nitty gritty of this a little bit. You've talked a little bit about you know being on set and and Dave's now working with you um, it's obviously i I think that your your workflow has changed as time's gone on. How did you in the early days you know go about creating hey, this is a good idea for a video let's make it to how it works these days
2: uh, I think one of the biggest evolutions in our process has been. Um, you know, back in the day when we first started, we would, you know, well, way back with don't be that guy, if we had a funny idea, we would just literally go out in the backyard and do it. And then there got to be a phase where, <laughs> and there was, when it was like, create a funny video about blank, like if it was, if it was for North point or it was for catalyst or something like, like that, we would there'd be a subject for a video and we try to think of something on the spot. And I think the evolution to where we are today is um, we're constantly recording ideas. We're constantly filling up this note, this, this uh, folder in Evernote to where, um, you know, when it's time to execute an idea or when it's time to bring something to the table, we have this bank of 50 to hundred ideas that we're, we're able to choose from that have already been thought through and developed as opposed to just somebody that says, come up with an idea about bears. And we have, we have to just start brainstorming right there. Does that make
1: sense? So, so I, what I would add is our model, if you're asking I do if a good enough model, job
2: of explaining that
1: trip, no, I'm, I'm going to talk about the actual, like more what he was asking, which is the process <laughs> of, of <laughs> how we make videos. So, Like, like Tyler said, we, we made stuff in our backyard, but then the way we would create opportunity was we started getting involved with a lot of corporate events and places that would hire us to make videos for some sort of special purpose that we would then repurpose for our YouTube channel. So that's really how we got back into YouTube was we would find client work where the client was asking for something funny. And that would enable us the opportunity to create it and then re-edit it and throw it on our YouTube channel. And that was like phase two. And now we're in phase three where we're, instead of working with clients, we're working with sponsors. And that that's, this is where we've been trying to get for a long time and it's, it's new territory, uh, but it's essentially where we come up with a funny idea that we want for our YouTube channel. And then we just go find someone to sponsor that. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I, and I like it because you guys aren't, You know, doing product placement throughout your more recent videos, it always comes near the end and it's actually very well, you know, presented. It's not presented as, you know, car salesman like.
1: Thank you.
2: So. That's the intent. Yeah.
1: But I still get,
2: we still get a little bit of flack for that, but you know, it's just we feel like we're taking the, we, we disable the Google ads on the front end. Mm Mm-hmm you know, and, and give someone the option of watching our video completely ad free if they want to, they don't have to watch the last 15 seconds. Right. So, you know, there's some people that are just going to be upset. Regardless. Yeah. No,
0: I, 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 I can't remember which one of the ones was like one of the first ones I saw that had the ad in it. Uh, maybe it was the one where.
2: My as far well yeah. a conference call.
0: Yeah. Pro- yeah, probably. And uh, I remember getting to the end and thinking, oh, they've got an ad in here. Good for them.
1: Oh, thank you. It pays,
0: it pays you to do more. I, and I was like, that means you guys are going to keep doing more. And I felt really good to, to see that. So
1: yeah, we're not only going to do more, we're going to do better right. because when we're able to create ideas on our own without a client having to come to us and give us an idea to create for them, they're better. And so having sponsors should make our entertainment value go up. And that's the main thing we want our audience to understand. But I also want to affirm something that Tyler was saying earlier that is also a key part of the evolution, which is how we aggregate our ideas. Um, And now that we we can do that, now that we can use our own ideas, it's much more motivating for us to to keep a a large bank of ideas around every possible topic um, as opposed to just being passive and waiting for company ABC to say, can you make a video about uh, plumbing?
2: Yeah, because if you watch, if you go to our YouTube channel and, and look at videos from 2009 until 2011 or 2012, like they're, they're very, some of them are just very weird concepts. And what a lot of people don't realize, like Trip was saying, is that we made that first for a client for a very specific use. And it just so happens we we repurposed it to try to make it funny for a general audience, but, you know, it had a, like, there was one world-class apologists where we just do a bunch of things and say that I'm sorry. We probably would have never made that video had we not made it for a very specific, you know, part of a program that, that had some specific speaker. Yeah.
0: So, so almost like if, you know, if you were writers, it would be almost like a writing prompt that you had to... Put constraints on,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: and that made made you become better at making things.
1: Yeah, I mean, there it could be argued that that's actually more helpful creatively sometimes than a blank slate, um, because everyone knows that creative boundaries are helpful, but client boundaries aren't. I mean, it's not right. It's harder when you have a a specific audience and all sorts of other weird constraints, other than just a topic, things like, well, it's got to have this, this message integrated throughout, or we're trying to introduce some sort of new sales strategy. And we want you to talk about that, but make it funny. Okay. Then it's when, (laughs) that's when it starts to get really challenging and we're not going to make our best work in that scenario. Um, We're going to make our best work when we, when we're on a conference call together and we're like, oh my God, like imagine if people treated each other this way in real life. Bam there's a video no that's that's where the good ideas come from
2: and it's it's funny over the last five five or so years um we probably have fifty to a hundred videos that are just sitting on a hard drive somewhere that we made for a client for internal use that it was just impossible to repurpose. It was so specific, so targeted so so brand messaging that there's no way there was no way to salvage it. So what what actually made it to our YouTube channel is just a fraction of the videos that we've made.
0: So the book is that you know first of all what made you think you could I mean should write a book? And then two is that you know things that could never be made into videos or is this kind of a fleshing out of hey um- Here's to, let's see how this works in book form and then
2: well we actually we both used to blog really frequently, and this book kind of was birthed out of those seeds of ideas uh back in those days. Um a lot of the material in the book is stuff that we have made videos for, or vice versa. Um, you know, some of the videos that we're currently making um is from material pulled from the book so we, we we kind of feel like they go hand in hand and just and, and work
1: well Yeah again. we're not afraid to repurpose ideas I mean no more than Hollywood is afraid to <laughs> have a book and a movie I mean it's the same concept can work in two different ways and when it's executed in two different mediums the value is different in both of them even though it's the same idea so you would see if you look carefully you'll see a lot of overlap in our book and our movie And Tyler's also being really humble, but our book is mostly his voice from his blog. Um, And, you know, I think that something different happens when Tyler just starts writing about a topic than when we both start trying to come up with a video idea. It's very different.
0: You know, now that you mentioned that, I do think it does sound like or read as uh, Tyler's voice. Yeah. And, and and that's a good thing. Like it's got, you've got that reader type trip seems more animated. Uh, Tyler, you seem more, you know, more si-
2: like a, a <laughs> can I say, it? can I say that? What did you say? I didn't hear you. I said it reads more like a, a dick is saying it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> Tyler's much better at observing, making, making observations and noticing things that every, they bother everyone, but they forgot to notice. And, um, I, I can't do that as well as Tyler. So that's, that's more of the voice of that book.
0: It has that. I mean, you guys are doing essentially, here's the awkward stuff that no one's willing to talk about that bothers them online versus offline, et cetera. It's almost, you know, in a way, so slightly modern day Seinfeld. Yeah. So, yeah. So I love it. And so does Jeff Foxworthy on the cover. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so that's the book. I don't know. Do you guys have much more time or you got to go?
1: I have to jump off. Okay. But, uh, Tyler, you're welcome to talk on my behalf. um, well,
2: I mean, I, I don't, either way, I have like about 10 more minutes, but. Okay. Well, actually,
0: so Trip, I will talk to you later. Yeah. Tyler, Great. I have, uh, I, I actually do want to ask you a couple questions about your sure. project with Brian, Elaine. Oh, sure. Yeah. Cause I think that's worth mentioning. So.
1: Okay. All right. I'm out of here. See you, Trip. See you guys. See ya. Thanks.
0: So uh, yeah, Trip had to go. Tyler's still here. Tyler, uh, you've been doing something pretty cool. Uh, with Brian Elaine, who's been on the show before. Uh, yeah, what's it called? And why did you guys decide? I mean, I think it's cool. So trust me, well, I'm I'm in there.
2: So oh, good, good. Uh, it's it's called Free Traveler, and um, it's basically it was birthed out of a um, well the the kind of the the basis of it is learning teaching people how to travel hack, um, and we didn't know anything about this two years ago. Uh, our, our friend Chad Gibbs, I don't know if you know Chad, um, he got really into it. I posted something on my blog back, way back in the day about um, a guy who, it was some article about travel hacking. There's another friend of mine uh, named Steve Cam, who the article was like on Gizmodo and uh, yeah, yeah. how I traveled the world and for $417 or something like that. Um, and so it got Chad really into it. Chad over the course of a couple years while writing a book, um, managed to travel around the world, like literally visit. He had never, I don't think he'd ever been out of the world, but, but had learned how to kind of game the system and travel to all these different countries all over the world for literally pennies on the dollar. And it's, and it has to do with like, you know. We with Brian and I with Free Traveler, we kind of get into the the nitty gritty of how to do it, um, and and there's a lot of information out there, um, tons of information out there, right. and you know forums and deep deep blogs. There are experts. We are no by no means experts, um, but what we do with Free Traveler is we kind of it's almost like um, a tour guide in a sense, like we cherry pick the basic information that you need to know to make, to get results and to see things happen. Um, and we, we just kind of walk you through that process so that a, you can, you know, get your first few trips um, for literally pennies on the dollar. But then also you, you kind of learn the principle so that you can kind of go off and, and get as deep into it as you want to. But back to Chad, Chad um, had, Uh, he invited me and Brian to go on a trip with him to Amsterdam and, uh, he took us free of charge to go overseas to Amsterdam. We had a week over there and we were like, holy cow, this is legit. And at that point is when he kind of started teaching us like how to get our feet wet with it. And we saw the, like Brian and I both knew that there was that, you know, again, the information was out there for free we could go do it, but we saw the value of having somebody like Chad hold our hand through it. And since then, in the last two years, we've gotten over, you know, $10,000 in travel for probably four or $500. And that's about, you know, seven or eight trips each. Um, so we are really, you know, kind of new to the game considering we've only done it, been doing it for two years, but, um, we're far enough in to where we can help people kind of learn the process and learn the principles of it. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how we started it. We, we did a beta launch back in September just to kind of get some stuff out there for people who wanted to kind of be with us on the front end. Um, we're doing a lot right now, like a lot uh, in terms of revamping what the course is going to be, how we present the information and things like that. So the next launch or the next, whatever you call it, is going to be a little bit different, maybe a lot different than the first one. But um, it's pretty exciting, man. It's it's a cool, like, it's a, a pretty fun world to get into if you have the time and energy. And again, it doesn't take that much time, but it's, it's, it's just kind of getting over the hurdle of understanding some of the basics.
0: Yeah. And I love the fact that, you know, Brian took the time to
2: write almost a rebuttal (laughs) to Dave Ramsey's article. Well, you know, Brian and I both have been Dave Ramsey guys in the past. I was probably more of an like a hardcore Dave Ramseyite, And I still really like Dave Um, and I like what he teaches. We're definitely this whole thing that we teach that, that, that we take you through. We're very clear about, listen, if you're if you're in debt, don't do this. Get out of debt first. If you're not financially responsible, like if you can't, if you can't handle, if you're one of the people that Dave's talking to about not being able to handle a credit card, then don't do it. If you're irresponsible or not organized, don't do it. We kind of lay all these caveats out at the beginning and then say, now, if you can, if you can be responsible, if you can treat your credit card, like a debit card and keep, keep track of all the stuff that you have going on, if you do get multiple cards, then, um, it's great. It's a great thing. And Brian, you know, like you, like you said, Brian took this post that Dave that Dave wrote. And again, we understand Dave's approach. Like he, he's a black and white guy and, and he's preaching to a lot of people who are very financially irresponsible or have been. Mm -hmm. So we get why you have to make those black and white statements, but Brian's post was just brilliant, and it was a kind of a rebuttal to um you know why it's it's just not it just doesn't make any sense to be that black and white on the issue of owning and using a credit card if you can be responsible with it
0: yeah it's it's almost i mean again and again, I'm not going to knock Dave either, but his perspective of what he was saying was almost as if he was treating everyone in the world as if they were an alcoholic exactly, which isn't exactly. the case, so
2: yeah. But and yeah, so, it
0: was it was a really cool article. I loved reading
2: that. Yeah, and, and just the fact that we've seen it firsthand, like it's it's not just a, uh, a. The reason that we're kind of taking our time with this, the reason that we did like a soft beta launch at the beginning, is that we're really trying to get some, you know, this first batch of people to give us some feedback to get some good, um, you know, to make the necessary tweaks to make this a a, yeah. a course worth going through and make it worth people's money, um, you know we're we're working on a on a uh kind of a free resource right now that we're going to start giving away really soon but it's going to be like a you know three quick steps that you can do to um save 500 bucks on your next trip and it's not just, it sounds kind of like like right. scam. When, yeah. when you start throwing away throwing around those those uh, terms like save 500 bucks i personally see that and i think it's I think there's there's some sort of a catch. Right. But um, we try our best to dispel that and to show you that it can be done. Yeah.
0: Well, and I've seen the evidence. I mean, I've seen Brian's Instagram feed of he and his wife and two kids out in California yeah. on a trip that, you know, would normally, I mean, I estimate a couple thousand and it was a couple hundred.
2: Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, it's it's crazy. and the, And what's cool about, um, creating this course is that it's caused Brian and I to be really super organized. Cause we want to be able to say, Hey, look, I've, I've saved $5,872. We want to not just yeah say I've saved uh, around a couple thousand. Um, it's a lot more powerful when you can see the real number. So the fact that we've had to keep up with this stuff, it's, it, it makes it just keep constantly re-energizes you. Um, you know, when you're taking this trip, I took my, my family of five to Boston, uh, cause my sister-in-law had a baby. So we went up there and, uh, for the five of us to go, it was like, uh, probably $45. Oh my thing. gosh. That's like flights, flights and hotel. That's
0: less than one meal at some point.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know? it, was, it was ridiculous. It was, it was round trip flights on Southwest and our hotels. That's great. Um, yeah, so, so we're cool. doing that and and if and you know, if you go to freetraveler.com, it's T R A V L R. There's no E's at the end. No vowels. No vowels. Um or, well, well, the A's a vowel. The E's
0: that. are in there too, the first ones. So yeah, forget that. everything we said. It's F R E E T R V L R. A V L R A V L R. So just the last E. Trav Travler. Travler, like Tumblr.
2: Exactly. That's that's kind of That's actually talking. the best way to put it. Yeah. But uh, you know, now that we're on an audio-only podcast with no capability of, <laughs> it's like a screenshot.
0: I'm putting up a lower third right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. If you go there, you can you can just sign up for our email list to kind of be notified when it opens back up. Because again, we're it's closed right now. We're just we're tweaking and trying to move forward. that's good. Well, uh, I almost called
0: you, Trip. That would have been wrong. Um, (laughs) Tyler, it's been good to talk with you and trip.
2: Um,
0: I'm excited about where you guys are going. I'm I'm excited to hear about, you know, where you've come from and and how you've kind of struggled and yet overcome that and are continuing to create stuff for yourself. And even how you've branched off and done this with Brian, it's kind of the business major in you, huh?
2: (laughs) Well, it it is fun to just kind of, you know, try to birth something from the ground up and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fun for both Brian and I. Cool.
0: Well, it has been awesome. So where should I send people? Just trip and uh, There's
2: trip Tyler. Dot TV. TV. Uh, that's kind of our main hub, but you know, the biggest, um, the biggest thing that we, that we, um, you know, the, there's the Facebook page and the YouTube channel and stuff like that. We really l- love, and connect on a deeper level with our people via our email list. So if you go to trip and dot or trip and com, um, that'll take you to an email and you can get the first chapter or one of the chapters of our book for free download when you sign up. So awesome. Trip and Tyler
0: Great. I will put links to all of this stuff in the show notes for this episode awesome. and everybody will find it. So awesome, man. Thanks for having me. And it's been my show. So thanks for yeah. being on it. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, thanks. For, thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks. thanks. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. <laughs> Especially when I'm giving tech advice and being a Mac genius <laughs> during a podcast. Uh, anyway, this one probably was more humorous than regular, but that's a good thing. I hope you get a little bit more inspired too because for me, I had very much some of the same interests And even some of the same experiences. And again, like I said, if I'd known YouTube was going to be a thing, I would have kept at the video editing and stuff. So what's stopping me now? Nothing really, just time and scheduling. I guess I better learn some more productivity tools to uh, fit that in at some point. But uh, there you go. I hope you enjoyed this. You really do need to go subscribe to Tripp and Tyler's YouTube channel. Check out all their videos. They are highly shareable. And the new book is hilarious. I love it. My wife does, too. We actually were passing it back and forth. Anyway, let them know that you heard them here, what you thought of the interview, the episode, etc. Thanks again to Doodle for sponsoring this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Go get started taking that pain and that headache away from your meeting scheduling process. It does not need to be there. You can have everybody tell you when works for them for a meeting all at once instead of ping-ponging it back and forth all across the table with one or a whole handful of people. You don't have to do it. Go to beyondthetodolist.com slash doodle. Start getting doodle in that system and it will take that headache away. Trust me. Anyway, do it. Let me know if you've done it. If you've done it, if you've tried doodle, let me know. Shoot me a message. I want to hear from you. All right, I'll talk to you later. See you next episode.